millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We'd like to begin this podcast by honoring the Keech, Shumash, and Tongva people, the traditional custodians of the land this podcast is being recorded on, as well as paying our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Salad or Dolly, through a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kinda gnarly. We're light as a feather, we're tougher than leather. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Shalom Haverim. <laughs> Shalom Haverim. What does Haverim mean again? Friends. Oh, friends, that's right. It's the traditional Hebrew version of beautiful babies. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> Shalom. <laughs> what if we changed out? We should change that tagline. Just Shalom Haverim really be... It's an it's an anti-Jewish hate statement. But how would you say beautiful friend babies? You don't know how to say beautiful babies. I, I'm not fluent. Twelve fl- years in. Twelve years in a Jewish day school, and I came out with some very rudimentary Hebrew. And rude Hebrew. Yeah, a little bit of rude Hebrew. Really? Not not quite as much as I would like. I didn't quite pick up as much swearing as I. I mean, I remember kadurim is balls, soccer balls, and balls. I think. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't Lots get... of rude Yiddish words. Yeah. About penises. Lots of Yiddish words about penises. As c- for comparing people to penises. Exactly. Yeah. Schmendrick. What um, else is there? Schmuck, schmeckle. Putz, schmeckle is great. Putz. Um, They're so cute. They, they. I feel like Yiddish, people that spoke Yiddish were not scared of penises. Yeah. Schmeckle's little. Putz, I think, is big. Because if you think of like the English words like dick, cock. Even like rod, like words like that. Or what's the other one? The uh, what's the one that Howard Stern uses all the time? Uh, hog, hog, hog. I mean, they're all kind of like gross, nasty ones. Whereas the Yiddish ones are all they're like they're like cute and silly. Yeah, yeah, they're so good. Fundamentally endearing. Can you believe the journey we began about three or four months ago, where we, some might say haphazardly, decided to begin watching season one of Vanderpump Rules? We, this is before Scandal, before it, it found its way into the headlines. Let because alone of the, Nomi Fry? That was, that was the initial thing. When she an is intelligent, a, smart, funny person recommends a reality show, you I have, dive in. I you do dive it. in. And this is before the White House correspondence dinner this week. We, 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 anyway, we are now up to date. We made it through 10 seasons of questionable television. And I um, was curious about Lala Kent saying... Um, mothers. She referred to Lisa Vanderpump and um, Adrena. I no, thought it was not Adrena. I'm getting my my uh, reality shows mixed up. Uh, Ar- Ariana. Wait, didn't Lisa Vanderpump prefer to Lala? No, Lala. Uh, uh, Lala referred to her as mother. So no, mother to Lisa and Ariana as mothers. So for those who don't know, mother is a sort of colloquial slang came out of gay culture where like the mother of the house yeah and also you know? there's dad and mom like when you like yeah. someone they're your dad they're your mom yeah georgia mac calls us dad and moms yeah but yeah. we're usually you're a little bit older and i have to yeah. say we're older than georgia mac there you go so but so, lala called ariana who's maybe four or five years older i mean lisa vanderpump is mother yeah right 
So I just thought it, I wondered if Ariana thought, hmm, why is Lala calling me? I mean, it's a f- flattering to be called mother or mom. Yeah. Shamir called me mother. Yeah. Said I'm the original mother. Well, you're mother. older, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How In- much old? You could be dad? No. Like really no, dad? But, no, but dad, I don't think dad's the same. Mother implies. Dad's, dad's, dad's the same as mom, but mother is Mother different. implies that you take care of the children. Yeah. Dad may be financially uh, yeah, mom looking and after dad, them, maybe. Mom and dad is just like you. There's like, a hot meal, a warm like, bed. Well, mom and dad is you like them. Like yeah. if they're your mom and dad, you like them. Mother is like, you know, she. it's like a bigger honor. Mother is like a philosophical origin story. Yeah. It's like it begins with... You know, that's why there was that sort of controversy about um, Megan Trainer releasing a song called Mother where she claims herself as mother, which is not, she's not someone, you, you generally, if you met, you know, even the most flamboyant of homosexual men, they would generally, I've never heard anyone refer Unless to Unless you're Trainor running a house, like if you're the mother of the house, you, you're, you know, um, in Paris is burning. No, I'm just talking about Megan Trainer. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. she wouldn't be running a house. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe she's got a side hustle, running Mother, a drag house. you had me, but, but I, never I never had you. Had I mean, another, I... another great Ioni Sky train of consciousness moment. Yeah. Mother, you had me, but I never had you. Yeah. I... <sighs> How do you feel about it? that? The Oedipal, the expression of Oedipal desire from John Lennon in that song. Well, I just think it's more than the... Oh, I never thought of it sexually, but I but I never had you. I thought of it more truly like a kid who just feels like your mom can have you, but you n- might not be able to really know your mom or get the love. Yeah, or or make love to her. Right, I know. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess I never thought of it as an edible thing. I think John Lennon was pretty well-versed in psychological theory by that point. He was deep in primal scream therapy. Yeah, but I thought it was more just classic emotional not like the well i guess it all ties in together you're really giving jl the benefit of the doubt there just bestowing some innocence upon him that i'm not sure was there at that point i think it was okay i mean i think he was doing some therapy yeah he was screaming into wasn't christina ricci's parents primal scream therapists oh i remember hearing that she grew up in like they, they they were in a brownstone, I guess, where their offices, where they would treat people, were downstairs, and she could hear through the heating and AC vents people primal screaming all day. That must have been disturbing. Fully traumatizing. Um, that reminds me, of my friend whose parents were Buddhists, they did the Naham Yoga Kyo. and when she came to the meetings, classic, classic mantra. Yeah. As meetings as a kid, and they're saying Naham Yoga Kyo, Naham Yoga, she thought that they were saying naughty girl, naughty girl, naughty girl, naughty girl. Mm. Projection there, some guilt, some shame. There. Speaking of loud noises, um, uh, read this headline. (laughs) Just passing the headline. (laughs) Uh, Oh yes, that's right. I saw this concert goer lets out a loud full body orgasm while the L.A. Philharmonic plays Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky's fifth. Wow, that she liked the performance. And people didn't mind. It made headlines. I saw um, Empress of, uh, she she Instagrammed that story and she said, wasn't me, but should have been or something like that. I loved when we, back in the ayahuasca days when they would be playing music and pe- you would really be f- feeling that, the co- the classical music. Yeah, yeah. Because we, we went to a lot of ayahuasca ceremonies where they played 
Beethoven and also modern stuff like Arvo Pert and stuff. And I remember was, yeah. one, I was like angeling, like making sure people were safe. And one guy pulled me over and said, what is this? Because there was something playing and I asked the shaman. The shaman. Your the father? Shaman, yeah. Not my father. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he said, Chopin. And I came back and I told him Chopin and he said, of course. Uh, of course. Psychedelics and music. I mean, wonderful combination. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. Work, they work well together. <laughs> Historically, there's a time. But sometimes when the classical music would get really going, I was like, oh God, make it stop. Like it, when it was too lively, it was, and then when it would be, you would be rewarded with some more sort of mellow, like the, what is it? Tristan Chord? What is that? Oh, That's Wagner. The, Wagner is very intense, yeah. intense, but the Tristan chord means it's like a, a a chord that doesn't have a release. It's just tension. It never resolves, so it's it's Torture. maintains tension the entire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you can do a lot in that tension, but it's a it's a real uh, gift when it does resolve. A lot of people we know were at the Willie Nelson. Was it his ninetieth birthday? Yeah, Big concerts this weekend at the Hollywood Bowl, and it did lead us to reminisce about going to Bakersfield together to see Willie Nelson a few years back. Yeah. Well, you had an emotional experience. I did. I When he sang, you were always on my mind. My dog had died pretty recently, and I had a very complex relationship with this dog. My only small breed mm. dog. So this was, you, you, you acquired this small breed in the, the Paris Hilton years. Yes. Where it seemed I blame like every, it on Paris. Every actress in LA had a small white yeah, fluffy yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, it really, you know when like you're like, I'm never wearing high-waisted jeans cut to three months in. You're like, ooh, I love high-waisted. And then back to low-waisted. Like it's something that at first you're like, you see as a trend and you think I'm never doing that. I'm anti-trend. Cut to you're getting a white fluffy little breed and it was not quite was was she that was pop-up was she not quite what you expected having a little fluffy white dog or well i'm not one to hold like uh going back to vanderpump rules like <laughs> lisa vanderpump's husband i almost called him her dad ken ken he always is holding a little Pomeranian, but you have to want to be holding the dog a lot. And I would have thought I love, I would love to hold something a lot, but because I like security things. And and Pekingese, didn't they used to live inside the emperor's sleeves or something? You yeah, and to keep them warm and and they're stuff. traditional is a Chinese breed. Uh, yeah, really. Chinese breed. And then they became kind of chic in the twenties or thirties in Paris. And then, yeah, Pekingese, they're amazing. But um, yes, difficult breed, very stubborn. I loved her so much. She loved me, and that's what killed me. Because she was obsessed with you. She loved yeah. me more than I deserved. Aw, come on. Yes, because I wasn't like the best fit for her as a dog owner. I feel real. Also, Pekingese kind of like more of this. They, they're the kind. They're like corgis. They would love a couple more of them. I mean, I think most oh, they dogs, want to be in a little pack. Right? Yeah, I think yeah, a yeah. lot of dogs, most breeds would like a, a few. Even I have to say, it sounds so racist of their own, but maybe not. <laughs> Wait, why is that racist? I don't know. Just because like you only want your own breed. Yeah, I don't think with that. I don't think it's racism because they're not racist. The dogs. So when Willie Nelson sang, "You Were Always on My Mind," you were. I turned to you. I look. I love that song, of course. I turn to you, and you are weeping, and I wonder, are you? 
well, morning he says, and it's how marriage could I love you like I could have loved you more maybe I could have yeah. loved you I much better than I I could have yeah. loved her better yeah. than I than I did and you're weeping and I was like what's what's happening baby said I'm just thinking about pop-up yeah. it was it was like I those moments especially in like a, a marriage like a long-term relationship there I saw the child in you yeah you know the child that put the cat in the mailbox yeah, on the way the to real, school the real sweetie felt pie. guilty and was like wait I should tell them that I found a kitty on the way to school and then they the school took it out of the mailbox and gave it to a teacher mm. and I thought I should have had the choice where this lone kitten would go mm. but yeah I put it in a mailbox on the way to school <laughs> but um yeah the crowd at our Willie Nelson show in Bakersfield was something something else <laughs> Must have been different crowd at uh, the Hollywood Bowl. Well, Bakersfield is the it's known. I'm not as the putting country. down nope. Bakersfield. Hey, 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 not putting it down. But they are traditional country fans. There's a lot of like, you know, God guns, guts, and glory hats going yeah. on. Just There's, the crowd. Yeah. I might not put down, but I was you, I was you taking with it your in. Tribe. I was taking it in. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now the Hollywood Bowl. I bet you it was like. You know, well, I saw Jennifer Garner. My friend Amy Fleetwood was there. I saw Helen Mirren was there. Yeah. I mean, and because the Willie Nelson 90th birthday had all the other musicians singing his yeah, songs yeah, yeah. with him. Um, we didn't go to that, but we did go to your old friend Justin Warfield from She Wants Revenge, his 50th birthday party yep. at No Name Bar on I Fairfax. Saw, I didn't say hi to Michael Fitzpatrick, who's Oh, in, yeah, I saw him out of the corner of my what, eye. He's, Fitz and the Tantrums. Yeah, it's Grew fun. up across the street from you, I right? I know. And, you know, it's fun when you know people and all of a sudden cut to they're in cool bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really, it was a really fun night and our... Um, friend of the pod, Amanda Demi, from a few episodes back, her and that episode we did with her. You and Erica said Linda. she's so cool looking. She had a gold tooth, well, well, but I thought you said gold suit. So then I me. was googling. I'm not googling. I was looking on Instagram, trying because I couldn't imagine Amanda Demi in a gold suit, but I wanted to see what this looked like because I love her fashion. And you said not a suit, tooth, no, gold, gold tooth. tooth. So we were there with. We invited. Sarah Tudson, who's Illuminati Hotties, and Alex Leahy, one of Australia's great um, young producer, songwriter, artists. And they were just, they, they were having a blast. But when Amanda came over and we were chatting and she walked away and both Sarah and Alex were like, I found my new like style icon. I'm going to, because if you're a, a woman, it's, you're always looking for, I guess, more unconventional role models because you get sold the same Way of, and I think that was what Amanda talked about in the pod that she well, made yeah. a decision to age differently. Yeah. She right? sort of so. said, I'm not going to spend a ton of money on face work, but I'm going to spend a ton of money on clothes. Yeah. And, and I thought that's a way to go. And, and it's, it's fully good. working. And she was sad she missed the Nina Girachi rave. So she was like, Can we do another? Yeah. Speaking of uh, concerts, one of the more interesting, funny ones I went to was when Madonna was doing a concert. It would have been in the 90s. What concert would have that been? What tour would have that been? It could have been one of Many. five different ones. The yeah. one right after, um, maybe it was the one that Warren Beatty, like where her movie, where he was backstage at her film. So that was like the sex, Truth, Truth or Dare. Truth or Dare. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I took Mushrooms and I was married to Adam Horvitz at the time. And we went there and the mushrooms started hitting during her show. And I don't know if I'd ever been to a show with that much choreography and lights and that type of show. I've always been more to kind of like, you know, just sort of looser shows. Did you let out a full body moan? I was intellectually 
putting it together. It wasn't like, it was like, I was kept saying to Adam, who do you think thought of this? How, how do you think, who the dancers, like, do you think she choreographed it? Like I was tripping on the sort of technical side of her show. Yeah. And, I, and, and then he said to me, it sounds me, but he said, I, I only, I don't care. Cause like, he didn't really care about that kind of thing. And I started crying. <laughs> About pop up about him saying I don't care, and then I was this crowd was because it was in L.A. It was a lot of famous people, or as someone I know used to call them famouses. It was a lot of famous people and stuff, a lot of famous people that we knew. So I was crying because Adam said I don't care, and then I was looking around and I was like embarrassed, like what if someone saw me crying at a Madonna concert and thought I was crying because I was so moved? Like a prayer, you could have been. And moved then I, like, I, I feel laughing. like I've cried. Oh. Sorry, I'm no. trying to get my story sorry, across. sorry, go for it. And then I, I started laughing because I was thinking how funny that was that I was afraid that people would notice me and think I was crying at a Madonna concert because I was so moved. So I was laughing and crying at the same time. And um. And on the way to the concert, this gay man said to his friend on the way to the Madonna concert in line, I can't wait to see that bitch. Oh, that was, it was an early adapter of using bitch. I feel like bitch yeah. is now, but now the kids, oh, like Goldie and her friends all call each other bitches all the and time. and bro. <laughs> bitch and Goldie bro. loves calling us bro. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. So I was watching this doco on Netflix the other night about Louis Capaldi, who's this massive singer-songwriter. He's like a, you know, Ed Sheeran type, like like a poppy male singer-songwriter, absolutely massive, plays arenas and everything. And I saw this one scene where he's got his 50 new demos and he's sitting in a studio with his manager and someone else, his producer, and they're going through all the tracks and they're basically like, looking for a smash hit song and um and they were like i don't know is it is it a is, is it a smash do we have it yet and i was just thoroughly depressed by the whole thing it's so like i understand the logic in why people do their careers like that but i'm so much more interested in artists who just make records and document their process and their lives that's what we were on. talking about at um to rivers cuomo yeah 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 so yesterday we were at a little pool party and, and i a... knew he was someone i was just like beyond oh you didn't realize it was rivers. well yeah. i knew his name and i thought god i know rivers that that name is someone i love it's not common because it's not common and some bands like weezer i am a huge you know like many i'm a deep deep weezer fan 
And I, I kind of don't know what, I almost couldn't tell you what they look like. You know how there's certain bands like America, like I sort of know what America look like, but whereas of course there are many bands where you're like Prince, that's Prince or this or that. So I knew talking to him, but uh, yeah. But yeah, so we were chatting with him. That's what we were talking about. Yeah, him and Zach <laughs> from Fiddler. We were having this interesting conversation with Zach. Zach asked Rivers. Yeah, Zach asked Rivers, what do you do if you just have like one or two lines you feel blocked out in a song where you've it basically so got the song. Cool. I know. I thought that was a really sweet moment too. And Rivers, I mean, this was a classic Rivers answer. He said he has a database because he's known for this type of thing. Like he keeps all his demos and ideas. He actually wrote, I think he he wrote the code on a software so that he could organize all his ideas. Right. And he's got, you can search by rhyme scheme, by rhythm, by- and By he, topic. Yeah. And you can find- Do you find think I was obnoxious in that conversation? No, why? I just hope I wasn't. You know, when you relive like conversations you had with people that you, it's funny, as we were talking, three musician men, you, Rivers, and Zach, and yep. Zach, all, you know, successful in your own right and respected, and I'm the one woman. And a part of me thought, you guys were talking, and I thought, normally women sort of stay quiet. Like they don't often pipe in, you know, chime in sometimes historically. And then I thought, I have to, because I don't want that to be the reality of oh, the so world. that was you chimed in for the whole team yeah, yeah. but i also <laughs> thought that's ridiculous but then i thought i wonder if they would think i'd be not as intelligent because i'm a woman oh my god that's so that's silly. what it's like people love people love your mind you and you you raised a no, really we were talking yeah. about writing and you talked about that interview that was on mark Marin last week with david mandel who was a writer on um snl seinfeld and curb and veep and how, what was you were talking about? The, oh, actually, that Seinfeld, no, no. Uh, Larry David. Larry yeah. David told him when he started working on Seinfeld, they have, each character, the writers would bring three storylines. No, four, because there's four characters. And But the main point is that he said they always like to start something with something real that happened. You know, whether, you know, and of course on Curb, you can tell that it, you know it's real, but... Something so f this writer, for example, his wife has he called them farm hands, like big hands. So I mean, Seinfeld is questionably sort of funny about women, but can't deny. Yeah, it was a bit bit of a boys' so club. So funny, but um, but yeah, Elaine so, was pushing things forward. I oh feel yeah. Like. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. So you bring in something real, but that's sort and of, that's the jump off point. Yeah, yeah. My, but my, then I thought Zach. He kind of said, "Well, there's lyrics that." are just absurd that people pull off so beautifully. Oh, that's right. He was listening to like Papa Roach on the radio. Yeah. And there was a rhyme between, what was it like something and dynamite or yeah. something? He was like, if Papa Roach could do that, I could put anything in there. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if he was saying it doesn't have to be real, but it's true. You can make points in life, philosophical points, artistic points, any kind of point, and then have a completely another example, you know, same with love advice. Like, you know, you can have a like strong example for why things will or will not work in one direction and then come in with another example of, well, this person married a woman who had 19 children and it worked out, you know. Yes, so you could argue that potentially the three aspects of uh, Dionysian lifestyle, sex, drugs and rock and roll, yeah. that sex, drugs and art, they all have they contain every truth and its opposite within sure. them. There's no defined meaning. I mean, there are certain things that will be in a general way true. Like a lot of um, decades start with 
this free, wonderful, amazing, explosive, optimistic, optimistic or bands, like everything is, and then inevitably something crashes and burns, whether some of them, half of them get way too into drugs or something or other will happen. So I think that there are like kind of, you know, general truths. Yeah, but I think an artist do have to sort of like pick a path, even if it's arbitrary to walk down, like that's, that's what we were talking about yesterday that I was saying that I've always liked the Neil Young approach of songwriting, which is like, you don't write a song unless you have something to write about. Like you don't do it purely as a craft exercise. Like that is a good exercise, but the impulse to write has to come from an actual need. And I was, I was saying- The song writes you? The song writes you, baby. (laughs) I, I was remembering having a bit of a debate with Ryan Tedder, who was, you know, from One Republic, a hugely successful songwriter. And he said he used to feel you can't write a hit song sort of uh, on demand until he'd worked with Max Martin, who did Britney Spears and Backstreet Boys and that. And then he realized you could. And I realized he's right. But that's a certain type of hit that I don't really want to be writing anyway. Yeah. Like the kind of hits I like are the best song on an album. It becomes a hit because it's – and Rivers is is an interesting guy because he can appreciate both. Like when I was talking about that, he was – he understood that approach and he understood the craft of like just the obsessive science of it because that's the side that does the spreadsheets. Well, yeah, and then there's also this habit of writing type thing too, which is something where, you know, if you get into a sort of habit of something – that, or create the space we were talking about bef- before at some point. So what do you think Rivers is? He's quiet and observant. What's going on with him? Uh, I mean, I don't know him super well. I've known him for years. He once picked me up when he was at Harvard. Was he know, happy to see you? Back then or now? Yesterday. Yeah, he's a little <laughs> hard to read. He seems happy. He seems, seems yeah. happy. But he, um, he once picked me up after a show in a pickup truck and um, t- in Boston and took me out kind of we had some drinks or something um but so but yeah he's he's always been his strength has always been that he's his own man he lives really outside the norms of what a rock star or a musician or whatever has to you know he, he's not been afraid to sort of challenge those things and he's he's i just find him fascinating his approach to his career has always been just and how really do unique. you do, is he obviously vocal about it like people ask him yeah if, just in interviews and stuff and he's like articulate he, about explaining yeah, it yeah well just even the fact that he you know he clearly is has been obsessed with this concept of what is a perfect band and I think it comes from growing up, like being obsessed with Kiss and stuff, where oh. bands were like superheroes, and there was a right way to do it and a right way to connect with the audience. So he's he's been on this quest to kind of figure out what is the perfect band because Weezer does have the makings of like the perfect band, but super strange too. Like at a certain point, he got really into Shakespeare. And he would, uh, when there was a film screening of an old Shakespeare film, he'd tweet it out and all his fans would meet up and watch like Richard III or The Merchant of Venice. And they'd all sit in a theater together and watch it. So I think he's just about like trying new things and connectivity and stuff. Hopefully you've had a chance to check out some of the bonus episodes we've been putting out later in the week. We're going to start to do that a little more consistently. Like we're always going to keep this one at the beginning of the week, just a you and me. Yeah, episode because I, I feel like that is the core and we miss it when we don't get to do one that's yeah, just me yeah, and yeah. you 
You know, it always feels like, I don't know, it's like also our chance to check I in know. with each other. I like it. So we're going to do that. And then if we have a guest or want to do something on the network, we'll do that later in the week. And we're just going to try and consistently give to a week instead of being a bit haphazard. Because it just, I know with the pods I listen to, I love the regularity of it. Yeah. They just become, especially I get up in the morning, I'm doing Goldie's lunch and stuff. And that's that's when I like dive in and catch up on my pods and yeah yeah yeah. so we've got one coming up later in the week with our friend liz goldwin yeah that one's really cool yeah how'd you find that i mean i just i love um she's so fascinating to me and i like i loved her working with Pornhub. um uh, you know in a way that's trying to she's looking at the business of it but trying to make it ethical but not in a pious way and like she personally doesn't watch porn, but she's very, I like just the mix of someone who's very interested in like burlesque and sexiness and porn stars. And feminism. And feminism. And, and it's a new, she was sort of an early, one of the first people I knew like that consciously. I mean, there even like Betty Page you sensed was a feminist, like people you know without knowing what they really thought, you can tell that they were holding all of those things at once. But yeah, for women, the idea that you're either pretty and sexy and kind of don't say anything or you're buttoned up and prudish prudish and but you've been educated you know so i love that you don't need to be you know slut shamed yeah it was a really good chat so i think people are going to dig that so i'm going to put that out on yeah i mean we don't we don't we talked about other things too yeah yeah, i don't know her i liked also getting to know her because peripherally meeting in you know la like around seeing people around for all these years you know, well, that's how I felt with Amanda. And she's from like a yeah. big Hollywood family, obviously Goldwyn, um, and I love old Hollywood, so yeah. I'm always interested. And she's so excited about your upcoming. Oh yeah, memoir and too. she loves <laughs> she's like, memoirs, rock, sexy rock memo. She uh, loves a, mem- yeah. a memo. Yeah, a memo. Is that what we're going to call it? Sure, no, that's the, the Aussie way to say it. <laughs> um, who who told you to wear cologne? I, I I remember you telling me that story. Oh yeah, I I don't know. I, I went through a phase like. Like I I can see my approach to sort of up-leveling my lifestyle as happening specifically at very particular points of my life. And sometimes you do things that may not stick, but they're markers of an idea. Yeah, you kind of go like, I'm willing to start wearing clothes that are ironed. Like you kind of want like self-respect. It wasn't Quincy Jones. No, no, no. (laughs) So I just started believing when I was about 23, 24, 25, I'd had a little bit of success with Awake is New Sleep. And I was like, I'm a man. I'm starting to feel like a man. Men wear cologne. I want to start wearing cologne. So I asked a handful of people, I asked Rufus Wainwright, people I considered men who were like stylish. And he said he liked, he only liked natural smells. Yeah. So he, 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 he warned me away from them. But then Phil Ramone, the producer, he turned me on to Creed. Oh, uh, Creed. Who's Phil Ram- Ramon again? Phil Ramon is a legendary producer who most famously produced Burt Bacharach, uh, Ray Charles, Chicago, Dylan, Aretha Franklin. I mean, everybody, like Sinead O'Connor, Paul Simon. He's just one of these guys who- And Creed. Um, oh, he also recorded Marilyn singing Happy Birthday, Mr. President oh, to JFK. So anyway, smart. so he was like Creed. So I went and bought a couple bottles of that. I feel like we had that forever. Uh, yeah, we did because I, I didn't, it didn't stick. Casherelle was one that the lesbians- I remember my lesbian friend like Casherel, which Cacherelle. is a man's cologne. So and what's every- the and what's the one that like the guys get into when they first start wearing like Polo? No. No, no, no. The one you can get like at Target. Oh, Axe. Axe body oh, spray. Axe body spray. <laughs> um yeah, we used to wear musk 
um, deodorant in in the eighties, and there was one perfume called Ylang Ylang, but it love Ylang Ylang. That's the smell. It's a flower. Yeah, the, I don't know. I yeah. thought it was called that, but I'm gonna, now I want to Google it yeah. again. Although perfumes, it's as uh, Rufus Wainwright said, it is not supposed to be great for you. But true, I, I never realized how absorbent pores were, but now I believe it. I could believe it. On that note, with that with that climactic Sorry, intellectual moment. <laughs> no, I love it. Feel free to send us a voice note if you would like to weirdertogetherpod at gmail.com. Uh, review us on Apple Podcasts if you're there. It, it, it helps. It helps push the pod up in the algorithm. And final words. And goodbye, be bambini. That's, be, no, let me say that again. Goodbye, be Bambini. Shalom Haverim by Bay Bambini. Bay Bambini. I think that's beautiful babies in Italian. And I will say it now in English. Beautiful babies. Goodbye. Hope you liked it. Hope I was awake enough for you. <laughs> I feel a little too mellow, but that's all right. Mwah. Have a great week, everyone. Together we're weirder. We're weirder together. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.